Good morning, I'm Emily and Will and I are so thankful that you have decided to join us here at Lindsay Lane North, where we are in the community for the community. If today is your first time visiting, please fill out the Connect card you have received in your bulletin and drop it in the offering bucket on your way out the door today. One of our pastors will personally reach out with a call, text, or email this week to thank you for visiting and to see how we can minister to you. If there's anything we can do for you while you're here, stop by our Next Steps table and someone will be happy to assist you. We hope you have a wonderful day and enjoy the service. Hey, good morning. My name is Will, I'm worship pastor here. It's good to see everybody today. And uh, man, I'll tell you what, it feels like it's been so long <laughs> since we've had like a regular service. I was out of town last week, um, but it is glad. I'm glad to be back. It's good to see everybody. Hope everybody's had a great time at school so far. All the students had a school go back and teachers as well. Um, so hopefully y'all have, uh, have enjoyed your little break from the very first day. And now we're going to get to worship the Lord this morning. So let's go ahead and stand together. And uh, I'm going to pray for us. If you haven't taken a, a chance this morning and prayed yet, I encourage you just to pray during this time. And let's, let's really seek the Lord and prepare our hearts for worship. Let's pray. God and Jesus, uh, <laughs> Father, thank you so much, Lord, just for all that you do in our lives. God, for how you work, for how you move. Lord, we thank you for Jesus Christ, God, for the, for the sacrifice that, that Jesus paid for us. And, Lord, we pray that, God, you will be glorified in this time, that, God, you would be honored and praised and uh, worship that this do your name in Jesus name amen when all i see is the battle you see my victory
fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadow, you win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. Almighty fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadow, you win every battle. Nothing can stand against the Come on, sing that out. Almighty fortress, come on, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows, you win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. Come on, so when I worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our worship. No matter where you are today, if you're a child of God's, he is with you. And this next song sings about that. So sing this with us. It's called You Never Let Go. Pull me in close. 
tune this morning. God loved us so much that he sent his only son for us. He sent Jesus Christ to be the savior of the world. And it's only by his blood that we can stand here in freedom. Sing this with us. I cast my mind 
to Calvary, where Jesus bled and died for me. I see his wounds, his hands, his Savior on that cursed tree. His body bound and drenched in tears, they laid him down in Joseph's tomb. The entrance by heavy Messiah still and all alone. worship this morning. Celebrate with us. Then on the third Come on. at break of dawn the Son of
Let's pray together. God, we thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus that washes away every stain, every sin in our lives. If we will accept Jesus as Savior and Lord, God, we can have a relationship with you. And God, that is the gospel that you sent your son for us so that we can know you. God, we don't have to work for salvation. We don't have to do all the right things to be saved. We just have to simply surrender to you, Lord. And God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the power that is in the name of Jesus, that people can come into this room, God, and they can hear the gospel, they can hear the name of Jesus, and they can leave changed forever because of the name of Jesus. And there is no other name that man shall be saved but the name of Jesus. And God, we pray that Jesus would be magnified and glorified in this room today because it's all for you. It's not about nothing that we do on stage, nothing that we say, nothing that we sing. The only thing that matters is Jesus today. And so, Father, I pray that he would be glorified, that, God, your spirit in the room would just be so thick and, and God, you would have freedom to change us and to mold us into people who are more like you today. God, I pray for Joseph that you would speak through him. And God, I pray that we would have ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It, uh, this probably doesn't happen too often or enough, but if y'all enjoyed worship, let the team know. I know Will and the team, they do a fantastic job. I enjoy it. It means a lot to me. It always touches me and blesses me and uh, on, on days that I cover for Alan, I always get up here already ready and filled, and uh, I thank Will and the band for what they do. It's a wonderful thing. So, as you see, I'm Joseph. I am not Alan. Um, Alan is currently at Bethlehem at his father's church. They're doing a, a special service there, and uh, they had asked Alan to come, so we, we kind of planned this. And Alan keeps doing things for me, uh, he says. He, he tries to do what he calls grow me. I don't know. Um, so he's got me doing something new today. Uh, last time he had me do something new, it was a foreign mission sermon that I was so uncomfortable with, but we did it and we got through it, right? Today he's got me starting a series. So that's something I, I haven't really got to do before, but uh, we're going to jump into that. Th this series is called Storied, um, and today we're going to jump into what I call the four soils. Soils, I'll talk about that in a second. Um, it can also be called the parable of the sower. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to pray. We're going to jump into this. I know we just prayed, but this is a me thing, and uh, I have to do it for myself to, to make sure that I'm ready. So if y'all would, let's pray. God, thank you again for 
for this opportunity for today in this moment. Thank you for bringing us all here to be able to, to hear your word. And I pray that today, God, that you do what you do, that you, you begin to work through this, God, that you not let it not be anything about me, God, nothing about anyone else in here, but God, all about you, that every bit of this be about you and your word. And I pray that you begin to soften every heart, God, soften our hearts, open our ears so that we can grasp and fully understand the word that you're about to give to us. And God, I pray that you do this in everybody, in every heart, in every situation. And God, today, if today is the last time and the last moment that you ever use me to present your gospel, Father, I pray that it's done in a way that is pleasing to you. I pray that it's done in a way that brings you glory, God, that it's nothing about me, but all about you, but that you get the praise for it and the glory for it. And we ask all this in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. All right, everybody said, there we go. We need a little life here. So we are going to be jumping into the story about the parable and the four souls. Now, Amen. Thank you, Will. Amen. Now, I'm going to go ahead and address it because this is the way I am. I'm country. I'm from the South. We're all tied. <laughs> I say oil. Not oil, oil. And when I talk about this, the four souls, I've had it confused by my wife and one other person this morning, so I make sure to, to address this. I'm not talking souls, S-O-U-L-S. I'm talking souls. S-O-I-L-S, all right? So when I talk about the parable of the four souls, y'all know what I'm talking about. I don't say soil. That is a difficult thing for me to do. So everybody in agreement, soil is soul for the rest of the day, all right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, and if you're on live stream, yeah, the, just hang in there with us. Um, we'll get through this. But yeah, so the four souls is what we're going to be talking about today. And uh, we're going to jump into this. I hope y'all are ready. It's going to be a fun time, a good time, and uh, we'll just get started. So we're going to be digging into Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, we're going to break this down into three different segments. Now, I'm going to go ahead and give you the three points ahead of time. If you want to write them down, cool. I want you to know where we're going and how we're getting there. Um, we're going to break this down into three different segments and three different things that I've gleaned from this parable. Point number one is going to be the sower took a position. So y'all can go ahead and write that down. The little blank should be position. Y'all can go ahead and check that. Point number two is going to be that the seed has a purpose. The seed has a purpose. And then the third point, we're going to look at the soil. And that one is the soil is meant to produce. Okay? So y'all can go ahead and write those down. That way when I'm preaching, you don't miss a word. You don't got it. The notes are filled. You're ready to go. And we can jump into this. So if you want to, go ahead and turn to, turn to Matthew chapter 13. We're going to start in verse 1 and go through verse 9. Matthew 13 verse 1. Later the same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him. So, they, so he got into a boat. And then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came quickly and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow, shallow soils with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was, was shallow. But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that, that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. 
Here we see a farmer go out and start sowing seeds. Point number one in your notes, which we just told you, is the sower took a position. So we're going to jump into this. We're going to dig into it. How many of y'all have a job? Not putting you on the spot, just a question. Marcus has a job. How many? All right, let's do it again. I wasn't watching. How many of y'all have a job? All right. How many of y'all have requirements in that job? Yeah, some of it. How many of y'all take that job seriously? Yeah. Will, Will didn't raise his hand in the first service, so y'all, y'all check that out. He did this time. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> so when you're looking at this, we're going to look at the farmer. This is the first variable in the story of the parables. Parables. The parables. The farmer has a job, right? When he chose that he was going to be a farmer, there were things that came with that. Just like when you took a, a job at a position where you're at, with that job came requirements, things that you have to do. That's just part of it. The farmer, as being a farmer, has said, to farm, I must sow, right? So in this, in this parable, his job is a sower. He is meant to sow. That is what he does. Um, because if he doesn't sow, what happens? Nothing. No fruit comes, no crop comes, no harvest comes, and then he's probably not a farmer anymore, right? That's kind of what he's got to do. He, he took a position and he took an oath and said, I am a farmer, and because I'm a farmer, I therefore have to sow. Y'all follow that? In this parable, the farmer has a job. He took the responsibility. That responsibility comes with the position. He's a sower, and the sole purpose of what he is doing is to sow. No matter the outcome of the sowing, no matter if it didn't grow, if it got eaten, if it died, or if it flourished, he has to sow. And let me tell you, if you're a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, you too have a job. You have a requirement. You were put in a position when you said, I am a follower of Jesus Christ, that you have things you must do. Would you all agree? Would you say one of those things is to sow? One of those things is to be light? One of those things is to be salt? One of those things is to be a representation, full reflection of Jesus Christ himself. That is a requirement. When you said, I want to be a follower of Jesus, he said, great, these are things you must do. Just like the farmer said, I want to be a farmer, this is things I have to do. If I, when I took the job as a student pastor, there are things I have to do. Not many of them, but there are a few. One of, the, amen. one of them has to be, I've got to be a little bit silly. I've got to be able to be uncomfortable. I've got to be able to go talk to kids that will snub me. Right? Kids do that. That comes with the position. That comes with the job. But it's things I must do. Right? A parable that Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 9 kind of spells this out for us. He kind of lays it out. So let's dig into this. Luke 9, it's not going to be on your screen. This is something that, that uh, I added later last night. Luke 9, starting in verse 57. It says, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, this is Jesus, a man said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. 
What Jesus is saying here is, if you want to be a follower, there are things that are going to have to be done. If you put your hand to the plow and you say, I want to be a born-again believer of Jesus Christ. I, I want this. I need that. And you put your hand to that plow, but then you turn and you go, I don't know. Jesus says, you're not worthy of the kingdom of God. You do no good for me. It would be better off if you just didn't take the job of a follower. It would be better off if you didn't take the job of a farmer because you ain't going to sow. It would be better off if you didn't put your hand to the plow because when you look back, you ain't plowing. You ain't doing what I told you to do. He also tells us in Scripture <laughs> that we have to count the cost. So if you're going to be a follower and you can say, well, I started to put my hand to the plow and I thought I wanted to, but then I look back. He said, that's not right either. You need to count the cost before you become a believer. You need to look at it. Just like a man who starts to build a house, he doesn't build a foundation and then look at his money and go, do I have enough to finish it? If he did and he didn't have enough to finish it, people would laugh at him. They would mock him. But instead, he counts the cost beforehand and then starts the project. You are required and you are told, if you're going to be a believer of Jesus Christ, make sure you're up for the task. Make sure you want the job. Make sure you want the requirements. Because if you take the job and you fail at it, you are hurting the cause of Christ and you are not fit for the kingdom of God did that hurt anybody I hope not <laughs> it's not my job it's not what I want to do I want to point you to truth but you understand what we're looking at here right so what are some ways Joseph you're, you're telling me you're telling me that I have to I have to do this job if I'm a follower I have to do these things when you decide to be a follower of Jesus Christ and take up the banner of Jesus, you've taken up the requirements, the position, and the job of a follower. And just as the farmer was a sower, we all have sowing that we have to do. And there are multiple ways that you can do that. Multiple ways. One of the ways that you can live out Christ and sow where you are is in your home. If you're a father, a mother, a brother, a sister, live a life pleasing to Christ in your home. Because most of the time in our home is where we feel secure. And we say, well, that's the safety of our home. We can be a little different. And that's not the case. Christ actually says, hey, be more so the leader of your home. Be the one that gets in your home and points your family to Christ. Because if one in, uh, in your family comes to Christ, it is a possibility that your whole family comes to Christ. When he talks about marriages, he says, hey, if you are holy and you're a believer and you marry an unbeliever, try to stay in it. Because if you're married, you've made your, your consummation holy by you believing. And do you not see that your spouse could also come to the salvation through you, knowing that you believe in Christ? You could pull them to Jesus. You see, there's a way that you can sow seed and you can be starting to live out the requirements of a follower in your home. Another way you can do it is in your workplace. It's easy to go to work and be a little bit different because you don't go to church with those people most of the time. You don't see those people outside of work. It's easy to be different. You can start doing things you want to do. You can say what you want to say. You can drink what you want to drink. Some people get to drink on the job. Trust me, I had a house built. I watched it. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> there's still there's still bottle caps under my crawl space. I just left them. Um, so you can live a life pleasing to Jesus wherever you are, or you can choose to be different wherever you are. But I'm telling you, if you use, choose to be different, you're looking back on the plow, and Jesus doesn't like that. He's called you to be a sower in every circumstance. Remember, if the farmer starts sowing seed in his field, that's a good thing. But what if he picks and chooses which fields he sows in? He's not doing his job, is he? 
He is to farm everything that he has. That is his job, to be a sower, to be a farmer. You can sow seed in the way you talk. You can sow seed just by the way you speak to someone. You can speak to them harshly. You can speak to them godly. You can say the right thing, but be wrong at the top of your voice. You can say loving things to people in the wrong attitude and be completely wrong in it. You are to bleed Jesus in everything that you do. A lot of people, you've heard it said, walk the talk, talk the talk or walk or whatever. Most of the time, that's like, you got something to say, back it up, right? I can handle you. I can take you down. I ain't scared. That's what most people look at. Like, you, you talking it? Walk it. Let's go. You got beef? Hang it. Let's, let's, let's roll. That's how it was in my high school days, right? <laughs> I didn't have beef with anybody, though, because I had a little. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, no, man, I'm just talking. You can't go back it up. I'm just talking. Uh, <laughs> but the way you talk can put off a persona, right? You can point people to Christ just by the words you say. Another way you can do this is the way you give. And I'm not talking about just giving monetarily all the time. And you can give of your time. You can give of your service. You can give of your effort. And that points people to Jesus. Why? Because you serve somebody. That's what Jesus said to do. You've come to be a servant just like he did. He didn't come and pay everybody, pay all his disciples. He came and he served the fool out of them. He washed their feet. He died for them. He did anything and everything that they needed. He healed the sick. He healed, even raised the dead. You name it, he did it. Why? Because he was serving. And in serving, he was doing the last point here, which is show love. The best way to sow seed where you are, to live out the life of a follower is to love and you love the mess out of people. When they're hurting, you love them. When they're sinning, you love them. It doesn't matter. You, God has called you to love the lost more so than anyone else. He didn't say you got to like them all the time, but he sure did say you love them. Because I can guarantee you I've lived a life, I've done things that Jesus didn't like. But yet while I was still a sinner, what did he do? He died for me. He loved me. He loved me so much that he gave up his life for me. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, you've taken up a job and a position to say, I will sow these seeds. I will, I will be a reflection of Christ no matter where I am and no matter what it costs me. Would you all agree with that? Amen. All right. We're going to build on this. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep going here. Point number two. That seed you're sowing has a purpose. The seed has a purpose. Join with me again in Matthew 13. We're going to start in verse 10. Matthew 13, starting in verse 10. His disciples came and asked him, Why do you use parables when you talk to the people? And he replied, You're permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those of you who are listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That is why I use these parables. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you won't comprehend. 
For the hearts of the people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear, and they've closed their eyes, so their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. The game within the game. Ready? Are y'all ready? How many of y'all listened to my prayer at the very beginning? Thanks. Um, so <laughs> in that prayer, I've done this for years, years and years, probably since I was 18. I know for a fact I've done this since I was 18. I began praying when I would get up to preach that God would soften every heart and open every ear so that we could fully understand and grasp the words that he has for us. Did y'all hear that? That is scripture that I found that I began to pray because any time that I wanted to speak to someone, I knew the tendency of the human race. God showed me we are humans, therefore our hearts are hardened and our eyes, and our eyes can't hear. He tells us that. That's what we do. Well, what better way to start than to say, God, let's attack this head on. I want every heart to be softened. And God, open their ears so that we can hear. Because if we're here and our hearts are hardened and our ears can't hear, I'm just throwing out words. It's not going to sink in. It's not going to matter. You're not going to understand it. I want us to understand. And God said, hey, disciples, that's why I use parables. They're not, they can't comprehend. They're, they're, not, they're not permitted to understand the things that I tell them. So I tell them in stories that they will understand. I put it in terms that they'll get because, because their hearts are hardened. And their ears can't hear and their eyes can't see. That's just humans and I know them. So I'm going to put it in a way that they can see it. I want this seed to work. So I'm going to make it be something that they can understand. The word of God when heard and understood avails much. Isaiah 55 11 puts it this way. In this, it is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all that I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. That is the word. When you take up the position of a follower and you're throwing out seed and you're reflecting Christ and you're living out the word, your job is to do that so much so because the seed that you're throwing will accomplish what it is intended to. The word of God has power in it and it is something so much so that when you throw it, though you may not understand, which we'll cover in a second, it's going to do what it's intended to do. It has a purpose. The Word of God has a purpose. Just like if I throw out Bermuda seed, what's it going to produce? Bermuda grass. If I throw out fescue, what's going to happen? Fescue grass. If I throw out clover, what's going to come up? Clover. You see, a seed has within it what it is supposed to do. And the Word of God contains in it a purpose. It contains in it what it is intended to do for a man's heart. Let me tell you about three of these intentions. Because you may be out there and you're going, all right, I get it. But what does the Word of God accomplish? What can the Word of God accomplish? I'm going to tell you. It testifies concerning Christ. John 5, 39. You're not going to see this on the screen. This is something that, that I, I put in my notes last night as I was finishing it. A word from God blasted down and put it in my heart, and I knew that this was something important. Wow, really? Nothing? Okay. So this was, this was a divine word from the Lord that you need to listen to right now. All right? And when I say that, I'm, I'm being legit, like, this was not in my notes. You're not going to see it on the screen. Last night when this hit me, I got giddy. Can y'all ever get giddy? I got giddy. 
I got excited because I knew this was good. It showed me things that the Word of God can produce and what it can accomplish. It testifies concerning Christ. John 5, 39. You search the Scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the Scriptures point to me. That's what Jesus says. You're looking at the Scripture. You think the Scripture is going to give you the life, but the Word is pointing to me because I am the Word. So this seed you're sowing is going to point everyone back to me. That is your job. When you put out seed, when you reflect Christ, it's not to reflect anything but what it points it back to, which is Jesus Christ. It makes us wise unto salvation and shows us holiness. You see this in 2 Timothy 3, starting in verse 15. 15 through 17, you've been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood and they've given you wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Jesus Christ. All Scripture is inspired by God and it is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people for every good work. That's what the Word of God does. It brings you to salvation. It points you to Christ. It shows you what's right in your life, and it shows you what's wrong in your life. And it shows you what you need to get rid of and what you need to keep. And then it also equips you to do the work that God's called you to do. So when you took up a thing and said, I'm a follower of Jesus, I have a job to do. When you look at the Scripture, it actually prepares you to do that job. Fascinating. So what can the seed accomplish? what it's meant to. It points those to Christ. It shows you right and wrong. It pulls you into holiness. It equips you to do the work that God's called you to do. It equips you to sow. It equips you to live. It equips you to point people to Jesus. And thirdly, it can cause people to be revived. 1 Peter 1, 23 through 25 says this, For you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. As the scriptures say, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God remains forever. What can this seed accomplish? What's its purpose? It is to bring about salvation. It is to bring about change. It is to bring about holiness. It is to bring about sanctification. It is to bring about a good work. It is to bring about eternal life. That's the seed that you were called to sow as a follower. And half the time, we probably don't do it. We go to our home and we're different. We go to our workplace and we're different. We go to church and we're different. But see, everything that we do, we should be reflecting Christ. We should be casting this seed out no matter what, wherever we are. Our families should be the most important to us, but yet we don't seek them the way that we do others. We don't seek them the way that we should. We let them fall by the wayside. Why? I can't answer that. I just know we do it. I know I do it. I don't mean to. I can have a better spiritual conversation with somebody like you guys than I do with my wife, and that's not intentional. I think it's because we may know each other a little better. She knows my faults. She knows my failures. She's perfect, so that's not fair. Okay, all the men, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Why do we let our families suffer? Why do we let our friends suffer? 
We talked about this in student service. If we knew there was a way to give somebody life, we would do it. If I knew there was somebody in Texas and I had the key that would open a box that would save their life, I would run to Texas. I would get to Texas somehow to open the box to give that person eternal life, to save their life, to keep their heart beating. But yet we have that in our grasp. We have the word of God that brings along salvation, that brings along eternal life. But yet we don't sow it right where we are. We don't sow it in our home. We don't sow it in our workplace. And I don't know why. But the seed has a purpose. The seed is meant to grow. That seed has a purpose. It has power to do what God intended it to do. And like the parable in Mark 4 tells us, the sower sows seed on the ground day and night. And whether he sleeps or is awake, the seed sprouts and grows, though he doesn't understand how. The same is made true by us. We live the life. We share the gospel. And the word of God does what it was intended to do, even though we don't understand it. So when you're at your home and you're at your workplace, you have to do this by faith. Mark 4 tells us the sower will sow the seed. And though he knows not how, while he is asleep or while he is awake, it produces a harvest. Why? Because that seed has that purpose. It is going to do what it is intended to do. In your workplace and in your home, all you have to do is sow the seed, live the life, point to Christ. The word of God does the rest, not you. The word of God points people to Christ, not you. That's not your job. Your job is to sow. Your job is to water. Your job is not to grow the harvest. The Spirit does that. The Spirit pursues man. The Spirit convicts of sin. But it is your job though you know not understand how, to sow. Y'all follow this? All right. We're getting to point three. Point three is my favorite. I did point one and two to get to point three. All right. If it was my choice, I just would have done point three. Point three is where we see the third variable. In this story, we see the farmer. Variable number one. He doesn't change he has a job. Point number two, we see the seed. It doesn't change. It has a purpose. And then we see point number three. The soil is meant to produce, but there's something unique about the soil. The soil changes. Farmer doesn't, seed doesn't, soil does. Y'all watch this. Matthew 13. We're going to jump back into this. Matthew 13, starting in verse 16. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And they long to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. Now listen to the explanation of, about the parable of the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and... Um, Snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away soon, but as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those that hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. 
The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. You see the four soils. You see the, the footpath, the rocky one, the thorny one, and the, and the fertile one. I'm going to hone in on one of them because I think it is the one that happens most often. I think it is the one that Satan lives with. I think it is his bread and butter. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom of God and don't understand it. And then the evil one comes and snatches away. And then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. In my house, if any of y'all have been to my house, you've seen that I have dirt spots. All right? I'm working on my yard still, and I have a lot of dirt spots, but I'm working on fixing them. So y'all, yard Nazis, get off of it. All right? In my yard, there are plenty of dirt spots. And I have worked those dirt spots up, and I think I've done something that probably most people don't do. I did something a little bit different, something I've always done. Now, I am not a legit farmer. I am not a yard worker. I am not a landscaper. I don't do these things, right? I know enough to be dangerous. I can break up soil. I can throw seed, and I can water it. And though I don't know how, it produces grass. Hallelujah. All right? I did something most people probably don't do. I broke up the ground, and I worked it up good, and I threw my seed out. Okay? And then I went back, and I raked that seed into the dirt. Covered it up. Hit it. And then I take more seed. <laughs> this is the catch. I took more seed, and I scattered that seed on top. Now, is that seed going to grow? Probably not. Why? Because it's just thrown out there. It's not buried. It's not putting pressure. None of that. This seed is just laying on top. You want to know why I do that? Because I look out my yard and I know there are birds. There are birds that are going to eat my seed. Scripture tells me that. And these birds are going to eat that seed. So I do what I knew to do, which was I'm going to hide some of this seed and then I'm going to give them some seed to eat so they don't dig for it. I'm going to give them a buffet because I want these birds to eat that seed, not the seed that I planted. You see, Scripture tells us that Satan will get in there and he will steal a word that was planted in your heart. Just like a bird snatches seed. He will get in there and he will take it. He, he will do anything and everything that he can to take that word out of your heart. Psalm 119 tells us that there is actually scripture that we need to hide in our hearts so that we can't sin against God. And I take that in saying there is scripture so important to you. There is a word so important to you that you need to hide it in your heart so that Satan can't get in there and yak it out. So that he can't get in there and steal what God told you. Because there are going to be things that you need throughout your life. There's going to be times whenever somebody gives you an encouraging word that you need to make it through. That you're going to make it through the things you're going through. And you need that. And it is truth. And if you don't hide it, Satan will come in and he will take that word from you. You don't believe me? Ask Eve. Eve in the very beginning was told a word from God himself. Do not do these things or you will die. And Satan walks up, reaches his hand in her heart, yanks that seed out and says, God didn't say that. And she goes, you're right. He didn't. And you don't believe that? Ask Abraham and Sarah. 
God says, at this certain time, you will have a child and he will be a great nation. That is a promise I make to you. And Jesus, Satan, reaches his hand in Sarah's heart and he yanks that seed out. And he says, uh-uh. God was lying. It's not coming from you. It's going to come from your servant, Haggai. Send her with Abraham because that seed's not meant for you. You see, Satan's bread and butter is to take the word of God and to snatch it away from you and make you doubt it. To make you say that is not true. That is not real. We're not going to let it take root. That's what Satan wants to do. And he'll do it not only with the word of God, but with truths and encouragement from God. I am a different individual. I know that. I am energetic and I am excited. I just the way I am. But I have had people not here in this congregation, but I have had it said to me multiple times, hey, you're a little charismatic, ain't you? You're a little different. I know that. I get that. I'm not Alan, and that's good, right? We don't need two Alans. You don't need two of me. The point in this is I look at that, and if I'm not careful, I can let that get in my head. And it wants to change me. Because God said, no, I made you this way. I've called you this way. I've revealed things to you. You are to be this way, and I've called you that way. Do it. But Satan wants to say, but nobody likes that. You're too charismatic. That's not good. You're too energetic. Get that out of here. You can't be accomplished in doing the things you're doing the way you do it. It's a distraction. People don't like it. People won't listen to you. All that runs through my head, and that's Satan trying to take the seed from me. You may stand there, and you may think, I'm, I just sing in the band. I just, I just sing songs. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a teacher. I'm not a preacher. And Satan's going, you're not good enough. You're not worth it. You're not really doing that much. And that is a lie from the pit of hell. You are very much so just as important as anyone else. Like I said in the first service, I can get a lot from Scripture, and I can get a lot from preaching, but I sure do get filled up during worship. Worship songs are my bread and butter. Worship points me to the throne root of God. Worship sets me down and puts me in a place where the Father can sing over me as I sing praises back to him. You see, worship is one of the most important things. That's why in heaven it doesn't say you're going to hear for preaching all day, every day. It says you're going to sing songs of praise all day, every day. There are angels gathered around the throne preaching to God. No, there are angels gathered around the throne saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. There's sing and praise 24 7 so don't you let satan tell you because you don't teach or you don't preach or you're not this or you're not that that you're nothing because that is not the way god intended it don't let him get in there and yak that seed from you if you're just an encourager you're more than just an encourager everybody needs encouragement i know i do Everybody needs to hear a good word. Everybody needs to hear love. You see, God has called you to be a certain way, and he's called you to do a certain job, and you may not do it like everybody else. He may have put something special in your heart to say to somebody else, and if you let Satan get in there and yak it out and say, God didn't tell you to tell them that, you're wrong. There is scripture and there is truth that you need to hide deep down in your heart because birds will come and eat it. Satan will come and snatch it, but you've got to hide it and say, you will not touch this, Satan. It's so hidden you can't even find it. 
It's so hidden you were not permitted to see it. It's so hidden that I will rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ so that you can't come get it. Take that word and hide it deep down in your heart so that it will grow. Y'all catch that, right? The farmer is meant to sow. That's his job. He's meant to sow the seed that accomplishes a purpose that points people to Christ. And the soul, which is us, is meant to grow that seed. It is our job. It is the job of every human being to take the seed of God and to grow it. And then when that seed is fully grown, sow more of it. Y'all follow that? Will, as you come, this is towards the conclusion. There's one more thing that I want to tell y'all about. One more thing that I want you to see. Out of the three variables in this parable, 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 we see the farmer's job. We see the seed's job. And we now looked at the soul's job. The soul varies, but the soul's intent is to produce a harvest. That's what Jesus made it for. Every soul is supposed to produce. Not Now, some never make it. The ground's too hard or the ground's too rocky. And that's the same with the human race. Not all of us are going to make it. Some of us will choose to never understand the word of God. Some of us will choose to hear and reject the word of God. Some of us will hear and turn away after a little while when we hear the word of God. But some of us will understand it, take root, and produce a harvest. But there's one other thing I want to teach you. And, man, if you hear anything, hear this. Hear anything, hear this. As I was studying through this, I started looking and I started um, reading and just trying to figure out more and more what it is that God wanted for me. And I ran across this commentary and I thought, that's good. But I want to fact check it. So I fact checked and I read some more and I read some more and I read up on historical, cultural uh, practices in Israelite times. I mean, I, I did it all. And what I found, I believe to be true. And the reason I believe it to be true is because I found it lines up with Scripture. And usually when something lines up with Scripture, it's true because Scripture is true, right? So this is what I saw. We, in my time, what I do, what we do, farmers go out and they cultivate the ground they work the ground and then they get the seed in it and it's good to go and it's growing we've got drill presses to put the seed in the ground I ain't got that so I still work the ground up and I put the seed in and then I cover it and I'm like good it'll grow but in biblical times they did it the opposite way in biblical times the farmer took the seed and he went out and he sowed it he walked through his fields and he sowed his seed. And he said, all right, there it is. I have sowed seed. But that seed's not going to grow because it's on top of the ground. So I've got to get out. And after I sow it, now I cultivate it. Now that I've thrown the seed, now I've got to work the seed in the ground so it'll grow. So he does what I think he would do, what I would do. He says, I've thrown the seed, but look, that seed fell on a footpath. We can't have that. That ground's too hard. So he takes a rake and he takes a, a, a plow and he starts working it. And he says, I've got to get that soil to be a little bit softer. That seed won't grow. 
And he says, but look, I threw seed here, and that's rocky soil. I got get the rocks out of here. The seed can't grow as long as you have these things. Get them out. And that is a representation of God saying, you see this sin? The seed won't grow as long as this is in your soul. Get rid of it. And then he looks and he says, but that seed fell on the soil with the thorns. That that dude's going to get choked out with all the cares of the world. And he yanks up the thorns and he says, oh, wait, I'm not going to throw them away. Let me put them on my head. Because I love them so much. I'll take that crown of thorns. I'll get rid of it out of this life. Don't get wrapped up in these things in your mind. Let them go. I've got to make you good soil. I can't stand for you to be rough soil. The seed's there. It has a purpose. My word is meant to give you life. But as long as your soul won't accept it, it's not going to grow. And I, as God, will not have it. I don't know what soul you're standing in right now. You may be a footpath. You may be a rocky soul. You may be a thorny soul. Or... You may be a fertile soul. Congratulations. But I can guarantee you at one point or another, you were like me. You were like you. You were a footpath. You didn't understand God's word. You were rocky soil. There's too much in your life that you just can't seem to let it grow. And you got to start weeding it out. I wish I could show you a picture. I should have took it. It's a picture of the back of my ranger. I worked up a 20 foot by 20 foot section of my yard to try to grow grass. And I picked up an entire ranger full of rock. Why? Because I intend for that grass to grow. It was hard. And it wasn't fun. And I sweated and I was tired. But what good is it for me to throw that seed out if there's still rocks? God says, I want you to be good soul. You have been called to be good soul. It ain't going to grow on a footpath. It ain't going to grow on rocky soil. It ain't going to grow in thorns. You've got to be fertile soil. So I encourage you, if that's you and, and you can say, man, I don't know. I just feel like my soul may not be what it needs to be. I know a God who fixes that. I know a God who hucks rocks. I know a God who picks thorns. I know a God who can take rough soil, hard soil, and make it good. He can start to break down a hardened heart and make it soft so that it will produce a harvest. If you would, all stand. If this is you and you can say, I've got it. I know. I need Jesus. I don't know that I've ever even chosen to be a farmer. I've never said I want to be a follower. If that's you, you can be a follower of Jesus Christ today. This morning, all you had to do was move. I'm doing an invitation a little bit different. There's not going to be a specific time. If you need to move, we're going to have people up here to talk to you. I'll talk to you. We'll make sure if you need Jesus Christ, you can get it. If that's you, you can come at any point. You just make your way up here. Or you can say, I know that I have bad soil and I need to get it fixed. I'm a believer and my my seeds are growing, but they keep getting choked out. I need to lay something down. The altar is here. Or maybe you just need to pray for somebody else's soul. 
You know the hard-hearted person. You know the one with sins in their life. And they need Jesus. Guess what? You too can work soul. You ask God, say, God, I need this for this person. I want them to become saved. I'm praying for them on their behalf. I'm coming at it as an intercessory prayer. God, I want them to be saved. Will you start to work their soul? Will you start to remove the rock? Will you start to get rid of the thorns? God, make them receptive to the word of God. I don't know your situation. I don't know where you're at. Nobody's going to judge you. Nobody's going to make fun of you. And if you're listening on live stream, this is all about you too. You can't come up here. You can't walk the aisle. But what you can do is you can take that connect card, that online connect card, fill it out. Let us know if you made a decision. Let us know if you need Jesus because it is the most important decision you can make in your life. It is right for your soul to be correct. It is right for your soul to be changed. It is right for your life to be changed so that you can produce a growth and a harvest for Jesus Christ. And I encourage you to fill that out. We'll reach out to you. If this is you, this is your time as Will sings. If you need to move, if you need anything, the altar's yours. Done with the hiding, no reason to wait. 
My heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend, so I run to the Father again and again and again and again. Oh, 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 and again and again. Oh, 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 and again and again. this morning. It's all right. You may think about it and you may say, this is something that I should have done. Please fill out that connect card. Let us know you made a decision. Let us know a prayer request. I know those prayer requests make it to us. I know that's something we see and that we can pray for. So if that's you, man, fill it out, drop it in the offering plate as you leave. That just lets us know to reach out to you, to talk to you, because it's not all about a Sunday morning. It's not all about this service and the intent is to grow you. We want to disciple you. We want to make you a better person of you through the word of Jesus Christ. So if that's you and you say, man, I I didn't move, but uh, I need something, man, fill that connect card out. And if you're listening online, again, I urge you, if you need anything, just reach out to us, fill out the online connect card and make sure that uh, you get that information to us and we'll, we'll reach out to you and make that right. So with that, y'all check out these announcements. Alright, good morning North Family. Here's what I've got for you today. First, Hype Nights next Sunday at 5pm. We'll have giveaways for the boy student and girl student that brings the most friends. This will be our first service with upcoming students and we want to make it a big one. So we hope to see you all there and don't forget, bring a friend. Next, we volunteered to bring breakfast for the football team on August 20th for their first home game of the 2021 season. We're looking for volunteers to cook and serve the food that morning. If this is something you would like to be a part of, sign up at the next steps table today and let a blessing uh, go out to those boys and those coaches. And finally, serve one, attend one. It's the idea for our volunteers each Sunday. We're looking for people who would like to invest more in our church and take the next step by getting plugged into a team. With full childcare being offered for both service times, we ask you to think about which service you'll attend with your family. And for our members, we challenge you to pray about which service time you can step up and make a difference in. So sign up at the next steps table to get involved. And that's all today. We hope you have a great day and we hope to see you tonight at Point Mallard for family night. Oh yeah, thank you so much, man. Y'all like Joseph's red hair up there? He's uh, practicing for Leprechaun School, I think. That was uh, no, that was post production edits, right? We said it was post production. Yeah, shoe polish. Okay, well, wasn't post production. There you go. So always good to see everybody here. We thank you for coming and joining us. Uh, on the way out, the offering buckets are in the back. As always, if you came prepared to give in cash or check for your tithes and offerings, place that in the envelope in the chair back in front of you, and place it in the bucket on the way out. If you're visiting with us today, you should know we never ask our guests to give financially. If you'll just take the Connect card and put that in the bucket on the way out, uh, not that be your offering today. Uh, there's two other ways you can give. You can text North Give to 31996. You can also give online to lindsaylanenorth.org. Those of you watching online, you can uh, mail, cash, or check to the address at the bottom of the screen, as always. 
Um, you know, I was thinking, uh, you know, Joseph was talking about pr- pronouncing things. You know, they pronounce things in New York and uh, Boston a little bit different than they do here. Any of y'all from New York or Boston, y'all can confirm or deny what I'm about to say, but I think this is true. Uh, you know, in New York, you know, down here, y'all know what oil is, right? Motor oil, something you put in your car to make the engine not seize up when you run. Um, and y'all know, um, you know, any of you know people named Earl. I had a couple of friends in school named Earl. Um, you know, it's great people. Um, well, in New York and Boston, uh, Earl is actually something you put in your car. So, hey, y'all pop the hood. We're going to check the Earl in the car. Yeah. And uh, oil is the guy that will change that Earl for you. Yeah, I dropped my car off at Oil's place. He's going to change the Earl. So you're welcome. You're prepared. Next time you go to Boston, you can talk. Uh, On a related note, tickets for Point Mallard are on the way out. Um, If you paid for tickets, make sure that you get those. What's that, Conrad? Oh, yeah, no men's ministry. Thanks for reminding me of that because we want to be at Point Mallard tonight. So if you got your tickets, get those. And in case you didn't see it in the loop, we've got a big piano in the back closet back here that we're finally getting rid of. We need we need to let you know that we do not need four to five men to help us get that out because we're going to leave it right in that closet. Right. Unless you want a piano and we need four or five men to get it. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you all tonight, Indicator. Have a great week.